Happy Monday, my Liberty Kitty Cats. And before we get into today's episode in which one of our amazing patrons will be taking over the producing duties today. First, I've got to tell you about an awesome sponsor we have of this program. It's another great podcast, an amazing podcast that you absolutely have to be listening to. It is the Expat Money Show hosted by my good friend, Mikkel Thorup. I have known Mikkel for several years now. Uh, one of the great things about hosting a podcast is the people you get to connect to. And Mikkel has been one of the absolute most valuable resources, particularly with his program, The Expat Money Show. Mikkel has been an entrepreneur and an expat for decades now. He has done it all himself. And there is no better resource for those that are looking for a plan B, for an escape plan, for a life outside the United States, whether that's just having a second passport, having investments overseas, or actually fully expatriating for the United States, the Expat Money Show is the place to start. You can subscribe over at expatmoneyshow.com. And while you're at it, why don't you join the Expat Money Forum on Facebook? I help to moderate that group as well. You can find that over at expatmoneyforum.com. We need to empower people with not just the philosophical tools, but the inspiration to break free from the system. Welcome to the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly dose of education, inspiration, and real-world application from the top minds in the liberty movement. If you want liberty, we need to be better leaders, better husbands, better fathers, better friends, better businessmen. We need to be better people. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. and liberty. All right, Kitty Cats, welcome back. And it is that time of month here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. It is the time of month when one of our patrons, one of our Nittany level, our $50 per month patrons, takes over one of our shows and just tells us what to do. So that's what's happening again. And uh, to tee up what we're going to be talking about today, I have longtime patron, Nittany level member, the esteemed Anthony Meyer. Anthony. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, are you ready to roar? I forgot. I forgot how my own show. <laughs> oh, I, I I was ready to roar, but you just threw me off my game with that. <laughs> and then I snapped you out of the whole thing. And now you're yeah, just not no, sure. No. Plus, I'm a Spartan too, so I don't I don't roar like a Nittany. <laughs> Fair enough. It's more of a battle cry. Yep. All right. So, Anthony, what what are you having us do today? Oh, the last time I made you guys. Uh... Yeah, I should also let people know, for those not aware, Anthony, this is the second time Anthony has been a Nittany level producer. And uh, the last time he had us watch a movie called Zardoz, which I have to say was amazing and one of the greatest experiences of my life. So you you, you set a high bar. Well, and it is my favorite movie, period. And of all even time, after literally. even after watching the Snyder cut, Zardos is still my favorite movie is there of a, all time. Is there a Snyder cut of Zardos? There should be. <laughs> we need to call HBO Max and make a Snyder cut of Zardos happen. I just want Snyder cuts of everything now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Snyder cut of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Let's do a Snyder cut of Pride and Prejudice. I might actually stay awake through it. Just give the guy $70 billion for and, and throw him any old movie and see what happens. Uh, well, I can't do better than Zardoz. Um, I gave you guys a different movie this time. It is probably my second favorite science fiction film from the 70s. It uh, is actually an Oscar-winning film. It won the Oscar for Best Special Effects, which shows you just how low the bar was in 1976 before Star Wars came around. But uh, it's not as quotable as Zardoz, but I think it, you'll start seeing what... I admire about 1970s science fiction and that's that a lot of 1970s science fiction movies all had the same premise and it was kind of a, a, a warning of the perils and dangers of socialism and communism. And uh, we didn't listen. <laughs> no, we did not listen at all. I mean, you and I did, but society at large, not so much. Uh, just as Zardoz was a great movie where it showed that a utopian society could exist if you get rid of the uh, the question of universal health care by making everyone immortal. Uh, Logan's run kind of takes a little bit of a different spin by basically brainwashing the populace into thinking that uh, they will be renewed, reborn. Um, into i you can watch the movie as many times as i can i still am not sure if they if they're born or if they're cloned but either way they believe in they believe they're reincarnated essentially and they believe they're reincarnated if they um voluntarily 
kill themselves in a ritual sacrifice called carousel. And that's when they reach 30 years old. So I'm interested to see what you guys uh, have as a take on this. I understand Remzo's involved this time. And I know Remzo is an absolute wonderful purveyor of old crappy movies. So this one might be a little bit better than he's used to. So I'm definitely looking forward to hearing what he has to say. But yep, that's the premise. That's what I expect of you guys. All right. Well, lucky for you, you do not have to wait very long uh, because we are going to go live in the pride as a patron. You will be able to see our, us discuss this film live in just a few minutes. So, Anthony, thank you so much for teeing us up for this one. And uh, I guess you'll be tuning in. So we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Mark. We are live in the Lions of Liberty Pride Facebook group. That's why you got to join the Pride. And I mean, there are many reasons to join the Pride. Support your favorite libertarian podcast, uh, see our live streams, get all sorts of bonus audio content, or be like Anthony Meyer and uh, be a Nittany level patron and get us to review, in this case, to review a movie. In this case, we are reviewing the film Logan's Run. And with me, I have uh, actually, first of all, by request, our patron actually requested someone from an a competing libertarian podcast, uh, but we, we made it happen from the We Are Libertarians Network as well as my co-host on the Second Print Comics podcast. He is Remzo Martinez. Remzo, hello. You see, the people get what the people want, Mark. That's how markets work. And they did he some... request Remzo specifically, yes. or was he like anybody from any other podcast? No. And this so was anybody... just the this was just the the dregs that you were able to drudge. Calm up. down, Lex Luthor. The people have spoken, and they spoke. We want Remzo. I know. He said I'm any online will do. And then, yes, Brian McWilliams is also here because he didn't want to be left out at the end of the day. I decided I was, you know, Mark was sending out emails, begging, pleading, offering money, cash prizes, no. uh, all unfettered access to the sperm bank that he runs out of the freezer at the back of his unit. And uh, I said, OK, fine, because Logan's Run's a great movie, man. I, I uh, like it quite a bit. I have my complaints, though. Don't you worry. I've got. Plenty I guess we're going to skip right it. to our review. No, no, no. Well, yeah, I got. I got to go. I got places to be. But right. well, let's just dive into it then. Why don't we just dive in? Uh, first of all, have I know I know Remzo has seen it uh, before this review. Had you had seen it as well before this review, right? Yeah, I saw it before, but it it had been at least two or three years. I watched it somewhat recently, but it's such a long movie. Uh, that I was, I rewatched it again. I was kind of fast forwarding through some bits, but I tried to get a rewatch in before the, uh, the, the recording here. All right. Well, funny story. I thought I had seen it before, but it turns out I was thinking of the movie, the prisoner. So I had not, <laughs> I had not seen Logan's run before. I was like, like, this isn't how it goes. You're like, like, people are, they are looked it up. numbers. Yeah. Where's the bubbles that attack people? I think these are all there. There's a similar theme. Uh, as I was talking to, uh, with Anthony about right before this, we did a little segment uh, to tee this up. But, uh, you know, this is a, a theme of 70s of these 70s sci fi movies. It's always some some kind of take on the uh, yes, you can have a dystopian uh, sort of like a society where everybody has everything. But, you know, we need to you know, so, someone's got to we got to cut, cut a cost somewhere. And in the case of Logan's run, it's uh, you, you die at, your, at, at 30. So. Yeah, I know that's a good point. The Soylent Green, of course, Zardoz. similar, you know, Zardoz. Yeah, this had a lot of similarities with Zardoz, by the way. I was jotting him down. I actually thought the one guy, I thought Francis, the other Sandman, was actually um, the buddy uh, friend for a, for about 10 minutes. I had to Google it. I thought they were the same actor. But uh, there was a lot of similarities. Nudity, frozen people. You thought he was uh, friend from Zardoz? <laughs> I, for some reason, yeah, they have a similar facial look, uh, I guess. Interesting. So I thought they were the same person. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, I will just, uh, and, and I know, Remzo, you, you, you have a history of this movie, right? Yeah, it's one of those films that I've seen on multiple occasions, but I've never watched it all the way through. I've always like watched half of it here and half of it there. I've started mm -hmm. there. Because like, like what Brian mentioned, like I don't have a problem with long movies. I have a problem with long movies that have dry spots in it. So I like this film. I just don't like all of this film, but it's still a good movie. Fair enough. All right. Well, 
Uh, I will just start going through the general plot, and uh, you two will chip in, chirp in, whatever you want, uh, whenever you feel like it. That's the format. So here we go. We start off, we are in the future. We are in the 23rd century, and uh, the only remaining people, supposedly, uh, as far as we know on Earth, are these this group of survivors that lived through war, overpopulation, and pollution. They all live in a domed city. This is all from a little graphic at the beginning, uh, where man lives only for pleasure. There is just one catch, and that is that life ends at 30 unless you choose to be reborn in the fiery ritual known as the carousel. And uh, we start off, we get to see this this domed city. This actually seems like there are multiple domes. And when they started to zoom in on it, what, what it seemed like to me is that these are obviously... Uh, a half of a golf ball on a miniature set that, that they uh, yeah. that they set up as, as a dome. <laughs> it was awesome. I I, I love good me. model work. They also had some nice tubes that you saw the little the little cars going through. They did some nice overlay work of models on top of people walking, real people walking, just really dynamite stuff. I mean, if we're going to talk about the bad uh, special effects work or practical effects work, we should save that for when we talk about Box, the robot later, which is the king of horrible effects. But I don't know, man. Maybe it's my love of Godzilla films. I don't mind the model work. What about you, Rumzo? Oh, it's it reminds me of like the 1970s, 1980s Doctor Who TV series. Yeah. It's like you watch it now and it's like it's so fucking terrible. It's endearing in a way. And you almost <laughs> you almost feel nostalgic for those times before giant CGI. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, I'm uh, moving into uh, the plot. Let's see. Um, man, sometimes my, I read my notes and I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> I wrote, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I wrote, I wrote dudes waking up a baby, but yeah, it was, it was Logan and, um, and Francis, these two dudes. And they're like looking at this baby and l- this one guy who is, uh, what is this guy, actor's name? He's the, he's the guy from awesome powers. Robert. I, I want to say Robert Jordan, Robert but I don't think that's it. It's something. Nope, that's not it at all. It's not you can see we really do our research here. Richard at, at, at Richard Jordan. I actually looked it up before I came on here, too, like a minute ago. I think it's Richard Jordan. Is he the guy who plays number two in Austin Powers? Yeah, exactly. He No, he's the guy that plays the boss of Austin Powers. Oh, no, you're talking about the yeah, main. Sorry, the main actor. I was sorry. Oh, not, not, with Francis. Michael York. Um, oh, my God. Michael York. All of you are completely Michael wrong. York. Yeah. Who, by the way, looks well over 40 in this. Like his head looks 40. Maybe his body looks younger, but he has an old-looking head. There's something in the water during the 70s. Perhaps. Uh, but yeah, basically, the reason he's looking at this baby... face is getting old. I guess this baby is... Have you ever compared like- a photo of Steve McQueen to Andy Samberg when they were both 30? Andy Samberg looks like he hit puberty. Steve McQueen already looks like he had lived like 50 years at that point. People so Steve McQueen's the fucking man. He was out in the sunshine yeah. banging bitches. 30 Racing 20- cars, doing cool shit. Yeah, jumping shit, doing his own stunts in The Great Escape. Never speak ill of Steve McQueen. It's amazing. Never. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> as as time has gone on, people are starting to look a little bit different. 30 yeah. this year, or 30, 40, whatever, is totally different than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Like, uh, I don't know if it's true. No, it is true, because I, I, I remember I, I looked it up on a podcast. Uh, Will The thing where Wilford Brimley was the same age in Cocoon as oh, yeah. Paul Rudd in Avengers Endgame. And <laughs> that that's actually true. Yeah. That shook me to my fucking yeah. whole. They were both 53 at the time of those respective. Crazy. Wilford Brimley looks like 80 in that movie. And Wilford Paul Rudd Brimley has a signed Bible. By God? Yeah, himself. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, one thing, one real quick. Oh no! Tell us, yeah, tell us Go why right they're out. banging on the baby cage. Well, because this is so we find out this baby's name is is uh, Logan, just like uh, Brian's daughter here, and uh, this is Logan six, and we find out this is Logan five. So what we're figuring out is there's only like a, a limited number of names that exist in the society, and when you're Logan whatever, Logan four, Logan five, then there's going to be a, a, a one a, a one that comes after you, I guess. So he was just excited to see this this next Logan that I guess is going to take over when he turns thirty in the sense and, and become a Sandman. Just like him. So I guess he's supposed to be 26 here because he said he uh, later in the movie, he's like, oh, no, but I had four years left. So that means. So I guess he's supposed to be 26 in this. Yeah, Yeah. definitely doesn't look 26. Does not in any way. Neither does Francis. Like, I guess the girl, the girl in the film looks pretty uh, good. She looks fairly young. But there's also they find like later on, they find a woman, uh, another runner who's like. She's like, I'm 30. And she easily looks like she's she's not all dirtied up. So she must be a recent runner, but she's clearly 45. if She's a day. At least. Which one are you talking about? Which one? Uh, we'll get to it when they go into oh, the cathedral okay. later on and they find the, the other runner. She's like in a red dress. Okay. 
All right. Well, anyway, um, yeah. And we, what we find out is that the Sandman's, they say the sand, the Sandman's always renew. So basically, um, Sandmen are the ones that hunt down runners. Runners are those who, I guess, when they reach the age of 30, instead of renewing, they decide to try to run out of the, and run away and they always get killed. Is that, that's what I was understanding. Is that yeah. accurate? Cause it was a little, they're, basi- they're basically age cops. Yeah. The, the Jean-Claude Van Dams of this era of film. They are time cops, but they're for your time, not time travel. When like, your time is up, this version of Jean-Claude Van Damme comes after you. What I didn't get is when, like, what, where are runner? Where do runners think they're running to? Because as far as Away. we know, as, as far as they know, is that there's no life outside the city, outside the Dome City. So, like, where do they think they're running to? Or they're just running away from being from dying? I think they'd rather just take the chance of figuring it out than getting blasted or renewed. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into that because that we we do. Uh, there was a there's a couple like uh, quotes in the movie that I just wrote down. Like when because they're in the in the first half, like a lot of it is Logan and his buddy uh, Francis talking. Uh, but we find out that everyone is categorized, and Logan is just like you can tell he's like a curious person. He's just asking a lot of questions, and Francis says something that I found interesting. He says, "Questioning slows you down." which I thought was just a, a I wrote very, that same exact comment. line down. Yeah. 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 That um, was an awesome line. When you question, it slows you down. Yeah. I love that, that uh, doctrine imposed into, and of course this is all passed down. Like there's hey, one thing we forgot about is just like, there's basically humanity is run by, by an automated machine system uh, basically. So, you know, they're all clearly brought up and state, you know, state run, you're born in these breeding tubes. You're brought in, brought up in uh, whatever education system they happen to have. And then of course you're, indoctrinated into the world, the way of thinking. So yeah, Francis saying questioning slows you down, obviously has been uh, bred into him or the Sandman types kind of like, um, I guess, you know, the military don't question authority, take your orders. And that way we can operate more efficiently. Remzo, your experience in regards to this. Basically that. Well, Remzo, you're still slow. Are you thinking? Are you questioning anything? No, had, I'm not. I'm just I had slow. a flashback of like a really bad moment. And I'm like, you know, I've got like the doors playing in the background from the beginning of Apocalypse Now. I'm like, do I talk about it? <laughs> no, this is a fun show. Don't ruin it. <laughs> 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 well, we then get to see this weird occult ceremony. I, I call it an occult ceremony because it, it, it feels like an occult ceremony, the renewal ceremony called the carousel. And uh, yeah, it's really, really weird. The, they're That's some Bohemian these- Grove shit. It's definitely some Bohemian Grove shit. They these these people all gather around. They're all in these weird robes, these weird costumes, and uh, things start happening. And they start like floating up into the sky on obvious strings that you can actually see like pretty clearly. Uh, and then it seems like when they get up there, they just explode. <laughs> so so uh, I guess worst ways to go. Yeah, and everyone in the crowd, they're they're loving it. They, they think it. it's yeah, they're they think it's a great time because to them, from their understanding, when they explode, they're getting somehow renewed. I guess that means. Could you imagine young Osama bin Laden watching this? Like those guys are onto something. <laughs> now you, all right, you mentioned we we're not sure if they get like reincarnated or recloned. I, I was under the impression. Now they don't make everything clear here necessarily. I was under the impression that they just explode. Like there, there's no real renewal, but I'm not sure who, what the renewal is supposed to be. Is it supposed to be they come back in these other new baby bodies? Like what, what's the so, theory? So one it? thing that I don't think the film does the good job of, but if you miss it, it makes a lot of things more confusing. They've got those diamonds in their hands that basically begin to tell them when it's their time and everything. So while we live in a real super technological age there's also this realm of mysticism that they never get into so the way i took it is they destroy the physical body but what happens to the soul and when you get reborn is it really you or and this is just a complete theory i know this is probably out there i just haven't read about it or is somebody convinced that they have been reincarnated that way they can keep the lie going so that way they could keep people willingly doing this whole crazy nonsense stuff I took it as they just tell them, don't worry, when you go up in that weird thing, you explode. And I, I guess the people that don't believe that, maybe maybe they're the ones that become runners. They're like, well, we're not going to go to that thing, so I guess we're just going to get chased by these Sandmen and, until we die. Until well, I think it's something, too, where you know, at the end of the movie, you kind of see how, in, how the machine state apparatus can kind of get in your heads. They have this whole interrogation process that he goes through, as well as getting his uh, his target and his goal and mission for the film. So I think that probably they buy into the fact that this machine is because of the gems, maybe has some sort of interface into their minds. 
And it's kind of like a ghost in the machine is what I'm presuming, where it tells you that, oh, don't worry, you'll be uploaded into our cloud, right? Ahead of its time, up into the cloud, and you will be reconstituted in the birthing tubes down the way. Because remember, none of these people know who their parents were. I guess they presume that they fuck, you take the baby out, you pop it in a tube, it gets raised by the uh, the machine. But on the same level, maybe there's something similar to the way it was done in Zardoz, where they regrow them. Again, a lot of uh, there's a lot of parallels with Zardoz in this movie, but they regrow them and it's just you, but you're spit back out by the cloud. Okay. Well, I guess we'll never really know what really happened or didn't happen. Yeah, but they didn't really they didn't make clear how people like everybody exploded in carousel. I thought that, you know, like one person wouldn't you know, like that's that's the winner. That's the one that gets reconstituted. Oh, I think the idea, yeah, I think the idea is like what Remzo was saying, like they destroy the body or the body ex- explodes because of this thing. But then the soul is going to come back, I guess. No, but again, I thought it was not everybody in Carousel gets renewed. I thought that the the premise was uh, my understanding. It's it's not like generations have passed, and and like all the people are all the same people from when the society started. Or maybe I got confused. I don't think. No, I I, I think my understanding was that they were that they were still (laughs) making new new people because they're banging all the time. And they were saying like they never knew their mother and their father, but that means that they must have come from something because the the lead chick, uh, Janine, Jenny, and I Jessica. can't remember her name. Jessica, thank Jessica you. She was like, before. I wish I had known my mother. So they clearly have a concept of, oh, I had a mother. I was birthed. Hmm. So that means to me that they, had, they came from new genes, new, new gene combos. Oh, there must be. I just figured they're coming yeah. from these orgies that are always going on. And then right. They yeah. Take the baby, yeah, exactly. Age of Aquarius, bitches. Yeah, this is the age of Aquarius. I did love it. I do love that every 70s film from this era has to have a real long, weird orgy scene. Like this one had a nice one in, I think, the second, maybe midway through the film when they're running away. They run into like some weird disco and it's just a super slow motion groping for about five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it has, whenever they get to the origin scene in a 70s film, we have to slow, we have to go slow motion and have it go on for an awkwardly long amount of time when they yep. really could have just run through the room in like two minutes. Instead, they had to have everyone groping them and like <laughs> them falling all over the place, like just to make sure that we see as much nudity as possible during that time. Yeah, well, that much I do appreciate. Also, Thanks, let me just say this, because I don't know when I'll get to mention it. Uh, Sandman, the worst shots ever. Yeah. How are they that bad at shooting? Well, they're like stormtroopers. Yes, yeah, like, I like, I kind of <laughs> took that as like because like so right after the ceremony, Logan and Francis they find a runner and they go kill him. Or I, I, Logan tries to kill him, like he shoots like four times. Every, he yeah. missed like four shots in a row, and then uh, Francis kills the guy. And I, I was thinking that this was kind of setting us up to maybe think that maybe Logan doesn't really want to kill, or mm. or maybe he's just really is a bad shot. I don't know. They, there are a lot of things that aren't exactly clear in this film. He's too busy drinking and fucking to go to the range. And now maybe you oh. guys can explain this to me. I didn't really understand the identity check thing where he checked his identity and then it was like maybe it seemed like it was a different face or he'd gotten a new face or something. Yeah, he got his face that? replaced because later on, you remember Logan tries to get his own surgery done by the crazy doctor who tries to slice right. him up. But what's the point? Which one? What's that? What's the point of replacing your face? Oh, this, well, I I guess it's free. You can do it. Uh, I think it's just one of those things when you've got nothing but free time and there's no real cost to it. Because one of the things I was trying to figure out is in the society where people only live for pleasure, I guess if you're a Sandman, you get certain perks as far as your li- your lifestyle, and maybe that's for everybody. But if you're you know hot as Farrah Fawcett, instead of getting to play and run around and fuck all day, you just sit at a desk? That doesn't sound fair. All right, gang. Well, you know what else doesn't sound fair? It's the fact that I have to interrupt this program. But it is, in fact, fair because I'm doing so to tell you about one of our wonderful sponsors, and our sponsors are the ones that keep this show going. So, I've got a few questions for you. Do you like coffee? Do you like premium Italian coffee? Do you like it affordably delivered to your house? Well, guess who does that? Our friends at Lorenzotti Italy. You can find them at lorenzotti.coffee. That's lorenzotti.coffee. I will also link to that in today's show notes. And I really want to encourage you to support these guys because they are not just fine connoisseurs and procurers. Is that a word? Procurers? Procurers? You know what I'm trying to say of fine Italian coffee. But they are also great libertarians, great supporters of this program, patrons of this program uh, for over a year 
here now as well as great entrepreneurs and people who help others. So they also, in addition to getting fine premium coffee delivered to your house, they can also help you set up your own coffee business, whether it's uh, getting equipment, getting financing, trying to set up your own coffee shop. These are the guys to go to. So they really are a one-stop shop for whether you're a coffee lover or whether you're trying to get into that niche as an entrepreneur. So please do check out our friends at Lauren Zotti Italy at laurenzotti.coffee and use discount code LIONS for 10% off your order. At this this scene, I, I also should mention the the dead body like basically turns to meat, like like rotten meat, and then it evaporates. <laughs> That's what happens when you kill it. Yeah, I, I didn't get yeah. that because like that whole thing is like, are these people or not? Because it was already weird with the whole crystal hands thing. Then that happens and it's like, did the laser do that? Did somebody else do that? Are these the same type of people? Like, do they just randomly it was, explode? It was the... It was the steam that they dropped it like this uh, weird machine came over him, like guys on those little scooters and he sprayed him with some sort of uh Oh, and that's what trail. broke him down to kind yeah, of get rid the of him. Yeah, the chemtrail broke him down. Okay, like what Mark likes to, yeah. to look up out of the sky. Yeah, exactly. So All right. So uh Logan um we then have a scene where Logan now I thought at first when I saw this, I thought he like created this woman out of thin air. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You can just create a woman to fuck out of thin, thin air, but I I guess he like weird science. I guess he just teleported her into his room and brought her there to, to have yeah. sex. I, I guess that's what you awesome. do. Awesome. And it kind of seemed like technology kind of seemed like they're like prostitutes, but don't, I don't know if they get paid. There was no well, discussion. Of no, money. it was like, cause there was a, there was a dude at first who was like, Hey sailor. And he was like, no, no dick tonight for me. I think it, like he said, she put herself on the circuit. So there must be kind of like when people used to go on chatterbait or whatever that one was, uh, where you'd flip through and just see a bunch of guys dicks on your computer screen. I think people would get horny. What websites were you visiting? It was, remember there was that, it was that social, it was like a chat video roulette. chat. Chat, chat roulette. roulette. Yes. <laughs> this is like chat roulette, but for this new future age. So if you're horny, you put yourself in the circuit to go bang some people, which maybe, what are we like? It's 21. Where is my sex teleportation, teleportation machine? Yeah. Elon. I want one. I want one in my closet. So yeah. So she showed up. Uh, I, I guess by coincidence, put herself on the thing and ended up in his uh, big ass Sandman apartment. Yeah, so they're they're having a conversation here, and there's a I just, I just wrote down a few quotes from the conversation. Let me just read the three quotes and then see if we can build a story out of it. <laughs> the first one is "I've never killed Sandman Terminate Runners." I like that one. How he's saying like, "Oh, I, didn't, I don't kill; I just terminate runners." And mm -hmm. then my next quote: "Let's have sex." <laughs> and, yeah. my, and my last quote: "Why is it wrong to run?" So this is all a conversation that they end up having. Like he wants to have sex with her, but then she's kind of like, "I don't really want to," and he's not going to force her to. So he's like, "All right, well, what's going on here?" And uh, but then um, yeah, they they. She she basically get into this conversation about running and the whole thing. And, and then, yeah, she poses the question to him, like, why is it wrong to run? And he doesn't really have an answer. It seems like Logan is subtly threatening to kill her here too, because he's like, you know, he, he not, not that subtly. I think he like even brings out his gun. Like when he, when she's suggesting that like, maybe she wants to run and she's like, no, 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 I'm not, not going to run. I stay, I'm mm -hmm. young. I still have plenty of time. He's like, all right, all right, I'll let you go for now. So, so yeah, they're, they're pretty strict on this, this killing runners thing, huh? Can you imagine you're about to hook up and they want to have a conversation about existential theology? <laughs> <laughs> Baby, this is a big boner killer. Can you get back to running? That kind of gets my blood pumping. Yeah, I did laugh really hard when Michael York just goes, all right, well, let's have sex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was so really funny. pitching it. Even when she, he's like, he's like, we have the same feelings as everyone else. Do you want to see? He's like, let's go back and have some sex. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, uh, and Francis comes over. I don't know if they live together or what, but he's there with a couple chicks, and they he releases this like purple mist, which is apparently just like like aerosol ecstasy. That is what it seems like. That it's also we also see it in the orgy scene. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. yep. The future was supposed to be so bright. Yeah, I mean it's um, great except for the dying at thirty thing. I mean, think yeah, how many that? books? Think how many books and magazine articles would not be written in this society about. People that are so important, 40 under 40 wouldn't exist. Life begins after 30. Can't write that book anymore. Terrible. Mm, yeah. So many hack writers out of a job. And I wrote down the question, why do they run instead of going to carousel? But then I, I answered my question saying, because car carousel obviously kills them. So maybe this is maybe the people <laughs> that don't go to carousel are the people that are like, they, get, they go to the thing. Like most of the people are like, oh, awesome. You get to renew. But maybe there's some people that are like, yeah, they're obviously blowing up. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's just what separates like the the free thing in society. Nobody goes to carousel except the one time. They're like, ah, I'm sure it's fine. I don't need to go to see it myself. I'll catch it later. Uh, so then uh, Logan, I guess they go in for like their assignments to like that that machine, kind of like 
tells them what to do. And uh, the machine tells Logan, uh, first of all, it shows him the Ankh. And it, the Ankh is the symbol that I think that chick was wearing. And he brings mm-hmm. it in because he wants to like learn what it is. And uh, then this machine tells him about Sanctuary, supposedly a place that exists outside of the dome uh, where people run off to and, and try to you know escape the whole thing. And he's just like, what? That's that's not possible. Because he says he says this related to runners that are not accounted for. And he's like, what do you mean? Runners not accounted for. That's not possible. Um, and then that. Oh, yeah. I even wrote down. So I don't know. I don't know if I just decided this myself or something in the movie happened. But I wrote, holy shit, nobody has ever been renewed. Yeah, because I think that's the thing. It comes up. They're like they're saying like, yeah. oh, all these people that are unaccounted for but it was like the people that were supposed to have been renewed. So maybe they're saying mm-hmm. like they're not actually being renewed and that's that's the revelation here but but o- Logan does get authorized to leave the dome in order to fi- find this sanctuary and destroy it. So wh- what do you guys think about this mission cuz I I kind of thought I don't know, I wasn't sure. As with a lot of this movie I wasn't sure but I, I kind of thought like a, it, it turns out like this is probably I'm thinking it probably is a trap of some kind, but also, you know, why? because why would the computer set even mention Sanctuary, even mention that there's something outside of there if it wants everybody to think that, you know, that this is all legit? Um, well, well so- it's like if all the rebellious people, Logan isn't necessarily one of them. Mm-hmm. Like if they were really no, setting this up for like a typical like post-apocalyptic film, it would have been the, the, the chick he was hooking up with the other night. With him, it's more like he is just really doing his job. Right. Yeah. He's an undercover agent. He's the Donnie Brasco of the society. So he wants to infiltrate this because he's, you know, the computer is sussed out that maybe he's got some sort of uh, in with this chick, maybe by seeing her and Ankh and the Ankh that he found on the dead body. And, uh, but also, yeah, it, it lays out in that scene, the computer lays out very specifically that there is no renewal, um, which shakes Logan to his core. And also, let's not forget, it also takes away his life force. Which he asked several times, "Am I going to get this life force back?" Yeah, he gets Grimzo's a life. Doing a big yawn. He's obviously losing his life. Force. I muted. I was polite about it. At least <laughs> he gets a life clock reset, but that basically set him like four years. It took four years away from him, essentially. Right. Exactly. And he's like, "Am I going to get it back?" And it's like, "All right, see you later." And he's like, "Wait, am I going to get it back? Is there no renewal?" It's like, "I answered your question. See you later." So you know, the the lies of the uh, the state computer were laid bare here. And then, uh, yeah, I'm thinking it's just saying, like, go infiltrate. And they're tracking him because he's got, I guess, the gem in uh, or some some system to track him because they clearly find him later. So he's the mole. It's not that hard to find. I mean, the dome is pretty no, true. Um, yeah. And then uh, Logan calls the the whore back. Her name is Jessica. I guess she wasn't really a whore. It turned it out. But but uh, and he, he she's a strong, her. individual, empowered woman who don't need no man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he basically she doesn't need a bra either. Neither did anybody in this movie. Could God, have. the 70s must have been lit. Yeah. Yeah. He, he basically lays it out. He's like, I'm going to run like my life force thing is up. Like, I'm going to run. And she's like, well, what do you mean? You've been a Sandman this whole time. You've been hunting runners. You said you said it's bad to run. I like this line, too, because it's it's characteristic of so much of what you see in society where Logan then says, well, it's different now because it's me. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. Like, like, yeah, of course, I was all for it when I was killing other people. But now that I'm the runner, hell yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, I should run. Of course, I shouldn't get, get killed. So I thought that was very interesting and uh, something I see just all the freaking time with people who advocate laws, whether it's the right or the left or whoever, they are in favor of every law until shocker, the law comes after them because there is no escape. Exactly. One more thing too. uh, I I thought was an interesting line from Jessica was when they're, she's walking around with Logan. I think it's roughly around the same time. And they pass by the, uh, the pods where all the babies are the breeder pods and Jessica laments. She goes, yeah, I I went to this earlier, but she goes, I wish I had known my mother. Uh, and father and Logan like scoffs at it. He's like, what an idiotic concept, you know, the family unit. And I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Sounds quite similar to what's going on today with try- people trying to destroy the family unit, put children into, you know, state run education, state run uh, foster care instead of having parents raise them. Interesting parallels with today. I mean, what I always liked about this story is it, 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 like so many others, remind me of two of my favorite books. One is A Brave New World and the other is Anthem. And like public education and not knowing your family and being given your identity, it, it's a part of all of them, but it's the thing that makes these characters who they are. So it, it shocks me, and you know, not, not to get on a tangent with it, it's like in popular culture, this type of stuff used to be defended, this type of storytelling used to be the mainstream and over the last like 10 years with all the new post-apocalyptic films and stuff hunger games the giver all that jazz you would think that that would be something that 
more people would catch on to. And so we seem to be advocating for that. So it's one of those weird disconnects between we support it wholeheartedly in a movie when we're attached to the characters in the stories. But when we leave the screen and we start looking around us, it's like, no, nope, I like the way things are. Mm -hmm. Just a, just a thought. Well, that kind of reminds you of, I mean, jumping forward a bit in the film is, you know, that you have a lot of the concept of what is truth and what is lies is recurring throughout this movie and how people refuse to believe the truth of their situation. You know, Francis several times denies it. He goes, that's a lie. I don't believe it. That's not the truth. And, you know, even though you're presented with the truth, that kind of rings true with what you're talking about in that people go to see a movie, they identify a problem, then they walk out, look that problem directly in the fucking face of the society they're living in. They go, no, 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 no. That's it. That's not true. Not true. Not true for my government. The movie government, sure, that was true, but not here, because to accept that truth is so it would be such a blow to everything that they believed into that point that it's unacceptable to their minds. Well, it'd be like, yeah, Francis, like not being able to accept that you know, right. the running thing or whatever, or even Logan at first when he first hears that there figures out that no one's ever really been renewed, like he can't really even process it at first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's see the Logan and uh, Jessica kind of run off. They meet up with some other people, including some dirty little girl. <laughs> That's my, that says in my notes. No, I mean, <laughs> she's literally a small girl who is dirty folks, please. Um, I didn't really get what was going on there, but it seems like there's a group of people who are, I don't know if they're like a resistance, but they're, they're kind of, they, that question the, the whole situation. And, and they, uh, they basically the homeschoolers, they, Jessica kind of, yeah, the homeschoolers, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, Jessica kind of like convinced them that, that Logan can be trusted because he, uh, he actually let a, a runner go in the midst of all this. Um, uh, but Francis, Francis sees this cause he's like following Logan here and he sees that him do this. So he figures, oh shit. Now like Logan's like, he's with the runners now. Like he's, he's no longer a good good Sandman. So now he believes that he must now go kill, kill Logan. Um, I, I'm not really sure how the colors work too. Cause like Francis killed a runner who was like, they said she was like 22 and should have been green, but wasn't like, cause I think the runners are like red or people that are going to be runners are, are wear red. I didn't really get yeah. the whole red green situation. I guess red means stop, stop your life. And green means it keeps going. But, but um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really get that. I always thought it was weird that those those things are supposed to be like the indicator of how much time you have left and everything. It's like in this vastly technologically superior society. Wouldn't they just have records? You would think so. <laughs> it's it's kind of overkill. It's like Battlestar Galactica. It's like for the things that are obviously super high tech, they then look at these very basic things. And it's like, I know this is way, 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 way back. But come on, man. Like, yeah, come on. Well, I like that they also apparently don't have cameras anywhere, you know, in the society. Like we do everywhere right now. We have cameras everywhere. That's maybe the most unrealistic. Uh, like, like your local mall yeah. in your in your small town during the year this came out had more security than the dome and everything. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, where the disconnect occurs. Yeah. I know, and it's weird, too. That the, I, I know the robot uh, state apparatus gave him access to go outside the city walls to the cathedral. But I thought it was odd. It's like, why do you even have tubes that go to these terrible places? <laughs> Why are you even building access tunnels so that these these weird child societies and their uh, little urchins can get in? Uh, this is the part where it's decided there's this like hot chick. I think her name was Holly that really wants Logan to get Farrah Fawcett, man. That, yeah, Farrah, Farrah Fawcett. Oh, that's Farrah Fawcett. That's what you're talking about. Before. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but she really wants Logan to have dark hair, and he's like digging it. He's like, all right, yeah, this chick wants me to have dark hair. I guess I'll have dark hair. And then uh, the guy, the hell she says, the guy that's doing mm -hmm. the face thing face change face off uh he gets a call and he turns off the healing so like like this thing scars you to change your face but it, they have this thing that heals you immediately so it doesn't matter but he turns it off and i guess they realize it once logan starts to get like hit with it and then logan flips out and the kills the guy and throws him onto the machine and then since the healing is off the, the machine kills well, the guy well wait so. you skipped one important thing there what is that the doctor gets a call I said, right? I said he gets a call from somebody and and says and says okay turn off the healing. Yeah, well, it's like, well, here I was gonna say it, it made no sense to me though because he gets a call from what some unknown people that apparently he's supposed to kill Logan now, right? And that would defeat the entire fucking purpose of everything that's happened to that point. Like, why would he? I mean, and it's not like you can tell the, the, the guy. You mean if it's like the computer trying to? Yeah, it's the computer, and it's like okay, so. You're, you're gonna kill the guy that's supposed to infiltrate this whole thing. This is stupid. This whole scene doesn't make any sense. I thought maybe it was Francis. Like Francis had just like called his superiors and said Logan's gone off the thing, and you know, hey, is Holly there? Put her tits on the phone. <laughs> oh, she's in with who? Logan, kill him. 
Is that how oh, that guy? That's pretty. <laughs> much exactly everybody, what it was. everybody seems like slightly distracted, and that's the weird thing about it because him infiltrating, him leaving uh, the society, and everything like all this is supposed to be like a really important thing, and everyone is just like this, is just a regular day. So it's like this is either mm-hmm. important or it's not. And then there's the other part of me thinking, well, they're not all actually doing their jobs all day; they're too busy getting high, drinking, and fucking like crazy. So like, who would really care about this? It's just another day. So uh, Logan uh, Francis is there too. Francis shows up because he's still chasing Logan. Like he says, I I think this is where he says, like I, I saw you let that runner go, and mm-hmm. uh, then he knocks out Francis, and we're on the run. So of course, then then Logan, uh, we're on Logan's run now. Logan and Jessica run through this orgy room, uh, where there's a orgy yeah, room where, uh, as happens in, in orgy rooms, there's a massive orgy, and they just run through it gratuitously for for five minutes. It's slow. <laughs> Sometimes in slow motion, as we discussed before. So how much did those actors get paid? I mean, maybe nothing. I would actually pay to be in that scene. I, think said, hey, I would have paid ten dollars to lie around in an orgy? and fondle like, yeah, hot like, people right. in the seventies. All right, we're gonna film it. So, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think they, I think they just happened upon an orgy and we're like, hey, start, start rolling. We could use this. For them. <laughs> Did you, have, have either of you ever seen Westworld? I thought you were gonna say, yeah, yeah. Been in an orgy on on Westworld in season two, there was the giant orgy, and apparently, uh, a bunch of the actors who were extras they didn't actually get paid afterwards so like a year later they're like yeah you know i i showed my tits and i was promised like 50 <laughs> bucks and i pe- people are now texting me now and i didn't get shit for that uh well read the read the fine print folks if you're the my orgy voice. actress you're not a real actress i'm sorry <laughs> we appreciate you but the studio didn't uh so now they are now i thought they were they got to the sanctuary. I, I, but maybe this wasn't the case. I was confused if sanctuary was supposed to be like where this group of people are in the dome, or if it's supposed to be somewhere outside the dome, which was my original impression. But, um, but this, he seems to be back with like these people, including Holly or no, this is where Holly shows up. Farrah Fawcett shows up and sells them out. Like says, like says that like, uh, Oh no, he's a Sandman. He's a killer. And then they're like, yeah, but didn't she, didn't he save the runner? And she's like, yeah, I guess he did save the runner. Um, so now they believe him and they let him go. So that was mm-hmm. weird. I don't that know if Holly's like- just supposed to be like retarded or if she like, like was supposed to be just on drugs or whatever. Like that first she didn't think he was good and then thought he was cause they reminded him that he did in fact let the runner go, which meant that he was on them side. So, so that was confusing, but yeah, yeah. kind of par for the course. She's here. too hot for anyone to want to argue with her. And the chase True. is back on. So they are just running and running. There's a, a I just wrote sewer battle in capital letters. So there, <laughs> there, there was a sewer battle. Uh, I don't think we need to spend too much time on, on a lot of this stuff. Uh, there's a lot of chasing. There's a lot of running. Logan's run. That's what this is. Yeah. Uh, they finally make their way to this ice cave. And, uh, uh, you know, coincidentally enough, there are some fur coats there that they put up. So they get they get naked. So it's time to get naked and put on fur coats. It was, was yeah, like, we finally like, get to uh, see uh, the lead uh, chick Jessica's boobies. Yeah, I'm not Pleasant. sure why they decided to get naked or why the fur coats were well, waiting for them. It, here's because the thing. Audiences. It made sense. It made sense because they were in soaking wet clothes and it's ah. in the ice, right? So you take off the soaking wet clothes, but then they put on the furs and they meet the robot box, who is the worst looking robot. It's worse than any Halloween costume special effects you've ever seen. To the point where you can see the robot every time he talks, you can see the fucking teeth of the guy in the mask under the robot. It's ridiculous. But... Later on, he's like, follow me. I'll show you what I'm doing. And they put their soaking wet clothes back on under the furs. That part made no sense. Why would you put fucking freezing cold clothes back on from the floor? You're wearing furs already. Could could you imagine the actors as they're getting ready to rehearse that scene? And she's like, why do I have to get naked if we're just going to put them back on? Because I said (laughs) so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just leave your clothes out of that point. Why? Yeah, none of it made sense. There, there, there's that. So there's that. I'm sorry. There's that interview with Ben Affleck when uh, Armageddon came out, where Ben Affleck is asking Michael Bay. He's like, you know, the the whole plot of the story is teaching, uh, you know, oil drillers to be astronauts. Wouldn't it be easier to teach astronauts how to be oil drillers? And Michael Bay is like, <laughs> shut up and never talk about it again. <laughs> So at this point, the, yeah, the, this robot shows up, and uh, I didn't really understand what the deal with the robot is, but eventually he is going to decide to freeze their asses and uh, and have a blast doing it. So he, t- he tries to go after them, and basically they just... Wait, a- Anthony, I have to interrupt you. Anthony Meyer Uh-oh, do we have uh, wanted to make sure to say that uh, I mentioned the fact that this, this is the time. Boy, that box smells fishy. I was told a, him I would that say... Is line it. in the movie? Or is that a no. line from you? But Box is there and he's freezing people and he goes, uh, fish and plankton. 
and seagrass. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was weird. Over and over and over again. Everything about this was weird. Freezing food, I guess, as it came in. That was his job. So, so he's, he's just been freezing runners. That's what he does. He freezes runners. We see a bunch of hot frozen chicks. That was fun. So and if uh, runners make it out of the, like that far, then this guy freezes them, essentially. Right, exactly. All right. I can buy that, I suppose, since I'm buying everything else in this movie. Um, and uh, so let's see. Now, eventually they break free from this uh, this robot guy. And they're now they're outside in the real world. They're actually outside the dome. And after a tremendous amount of walking, uh, they finally get to this statue, which appears to be Abe Lincoln. And at this point, Logan says, oh, that must be the look the look of being old. Why is Abe Lincoln the one that they always use? They did it in the Planet of the Apes movie, the second, the uh, you know, the, the Marky Mark one. And <laughs> I guess that's the only other example I can think of. So maybe always was an exaggeration. Well, he stands for emancipation from your uh, your overlords, I right? I guess to the normies, that is what it stands for. So I guess it, yeah. it makes perfect sense in the context of the mainstream narrative on these things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they but they have evidence that that people age because that statue of Lincoln clearly looks like someone that has aged beyond thirty. Although I don't know what they would how they would know what it look what aging beyond thirty looks like because they've never seen uh, that before. But I guess that's why he's like. Well, oh, I, I, guess, think, I think the thing is, if if you're living in their society and you choose to be like Abe Lincoln, it's not because you had the choice of looking better. Fair. True. That's true. True. Or else you would literally choose not to be Abe Lincoln. <laughs> maybe this is how it all happened they saw what happened they saw the statue like that's what happens if you get old like no we need to we need to think back to here. the dome <laughs> uh yeah then so yeah they find lincoln clearly outdoors are just fine this vegetation and sunlight right and we have what 10 minutes of them walking around yeah again walking. the 70s love ponderously un, you know uncut scenes so you see all the all the fucking monuments yeah, they, they just literally have them walk a mile and just air it they just run the whole thing they know that they don't cut it walking. <laughs> like all right walk a mile we're gonna be shooting the whole time so stay in character <laughs> yeah uh, they go yeah, bathing so, that's fun they swim around a lake a little bit yeah there's a nice little swim in there that we didn't need but we did because we got a yeah. little more nudity it's the 70s uh and then they come upon this place this building which is clearly the white house so uh obviously i mean obviously from lincoln we were in washington dc uh, this is then they find this old guy and I, I like my mind started to explode here because suddenly I realized I was in the movie cats, like literally <laughs> and like he had a bunch of cats, but then he starts quoting and I had to do some research to, to understand this because this movie came out before the very first performance of cats. So what I'm realizing now is that the cats is based on this T.S. Eliot like poem about these cats. So I guess mm-hmm. that was so famous before that this old fucker starts quoting what I thought. I thought he was quoting the movie cats, but I guess he's <laughs> quoting this, the movie cats, the play cats, but he's just quoting, quoting this T.S. Eliot shit about cats. He's talking about Jellicle cats and Macavity. Well, and I was having flashbacks to watching the movie cats on a substance of some kind. And yeah. then it was just, I, my mind just exploded during this whole well, thing. Well, never like, watch this concept movie of- the same again. No. Well, you know, well, the Jellicle cat, the, you know, the concept of the carousel and rebirth is part of that whole cats- narrative so exactly yeah Remzo's mind just got blown out of his skull yeah in in cats i never thought we'd be talking about the movie cats but in yeah they have this like (laughs) release the butthole cut they have like a talent show (laughs) so that and then the winner gets to like ascend to something or other we don't it's very unclear much like much like the renewal it's unclear what you're ascending to but yeah that's right which i so i thought it was it was kind of a clever juxtaposition between that you know showing that the similarities thematically but again Hey, the guy just kept going on and on about these cats, about how you, you know the cats' names and this cat and that cat, and it just was—he I mean, must have been talking for twenty fucking minutes. I fast-forwarded through half of it, to be honest, because I had to get—I had to finish rewatching it before this podcast. So let's see. There, this is when Logan determines that there is no sanctuary or I think, I think it's the old guy actually that says it They're like, Hey, we're looking for sanctuary. I don't know which one of them says it, but I, he, I wrote it down. There's no sanctuary, just the hope. And maybe the hope is enough. It's enough to give, maybe that's why runners run. Cause there's a hope there's, there's at least a hope in running. Whereas if you're, if you're onto what's happening, there really is no hope in renewal because you're really not getting renewed. You're just exploding. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see. And uh, Logan tells. Okay, so then Francis, this motherfucker and Francis. Oh wait, I, I skipped something. They also find the Abe Lincoln painting. So they're like, and because they, they saw all these paintings of the presidents, and then Logan's like, "Hey, I recognize that guy from the buildings." So they're starting to realize like there's some kind of history here, but they don't really know what. 
No. Um, yeah, and then uh, Francis shows up. They fight. Logan tells Francis to look at his palm, and ha- that's when Francis looks at his palm. He's like, uh, no, "Oh wait, there's one thing." Well, one thing I want to interject here because I was like, I was like, why the fuck is Francis still following him? Like, go He's back Sandman, to your, man. go back to your orgy teleportation machine. Like, what, what? Who would had? Who would care that much to follow these people to the ends of the fucking earth? But then you, there was one line that explained whole life first world privilege. First world privilege. Well, he should be lazy from being raised that way this whole life. But uh, here's here was my thing: is the one line actually I caught was he was like he had something where he's like, "You killed my friend." The Sandman, like he's blaming Jessica for killing the Sandman that was Logan. And so uh, I was like, OK, so Jessica and her hot tits killed the Sandman because Logan fell in love with her and now is a runner and abandoned his original mission to find an exposed sanctuary. So I guess that's why he kept following him and following him and following him instead of just being like, oh, fuck this. That's some Shakespearean shit right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so they fight. Francis dies, and as Francis died, he says, "Logan, you're renewed." So I don't know. I don't know if like Francis was dying and saw the light, and he just thought, I don't know why he said, "Logan, you're renewed." I thought uh, that was. I it just sense. I think it ties into what I just said is that he's a new he, man. He's he believed that Jessica had killed Sandman Logan, but by Logan killing Francis, he had become the Sandman once more. Whoa, Whoa. that's deep. This is why I'm on the podcast, folks. This is why it's vital to have me here. Well, despite all of the uh, everything that went down, they are nice enough to give Francis uh, a proper funeral. So that's really nice. And uh, there's another line. Again, there's many things I just didn't understand here. He said, like, the life clocks made him kill Francis. I didn't understand how. Oh, maybe because because he's being a Sandman again. I guess that's that's ties into exactly what you're saying. OK, so I guess yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. Uh, and that's and also it, where we forgot to say, though, like, uh, that's where the, the scene, too, where Francis, like, the truth is a lie. The lie is a true thing, because Logan says, look at your palm. Right. And to see the gem and Francis looks and it blows his mind because he can't imagine a world in which the gems do not dictate everything, life and death, et cetera. And that's when Francis goes, no, this is a lie. So he won't believe what's right in front of his face. I, I thought it was Man, funny. Do you too? believe Apple updates were like that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. Like, like Francis had the gun, but then when he gets pissed off about the lie, he throws down the gun and just jumps like 30 feet onto Logan so he can tussle with him instead of shooting him. <laughs> So, but, but maybe that's part of like he didn't want to believe the lie, so he got angry. But then he also did believe it enough that okay, now I'm not going to shoot you. You know, so I, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. kind of how I took it. Kind of like how I took possibly Logan not actually killing that runner in the beginning. Um, but maybe that was just because he's a poor shot. I don't know. Maybe I, I read too much into yeah. that. Uh, let's see. They then um, the old dude is explaining uh, love and marriage to these two. They're like, oh wait, so wait, you're saying though, so people like get together and they live together for like their whole life and because they they love each other like and they're like they're very confused by the concept but but they seem interested in it and they're they're saying what um what what was the phrase it's like be uh whatever beloved wife beloved husband so you know they're learning about love and marriage here it's very it's very nice and endearing and uh then the they continue they they stumble upon a dam that apparently is a power supply for the domed city uh then they they it's time for a swim they jump in the water and that gets them to lead them back into the domed city and they're just in time i guess do these renewals happen every day cuz it seems I like it's just so, been yeah. like a night that has passed if, yeah, if you, got, like, if you got like a ton of people by by the odds of it you're going to have a lot of birthdays this is true yeah <laughs> so yeah so there's a renewal going on and logan comes out and he starts screaming he's like He's like, no, don't do it. Uh, don't go to the renewal. You can live. It's all a lie. You can have live. You ever, have you ever been to a Chili's and they have more than one person who has a birthday? So it's just the waiters and the waitresses coming out doing the little birthday song and they look dead after the second person. It's like, we got to do this again. Happy, happy birthday. That must be like, like the third renewal of the day for these people. Like, oh, yep. God, another, another renewal. Okay, just do the fucking thing. They don't even get the molten lava cake out of it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so let's see what happens. Yeah, so no one listens to Logan. He's like screaming, like, you can live, you can live. Like, don't don't believe the lie. And people is looking at him like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. And they start walking back to the renewal. And then uh, Jessica starts yelling. She's like, no, it's true. Like, there is no sanctuary. This thing is, this, this thing. I don't know why she said there's no sanctuary. But no one, because I thought sanctuary was just brought up by the computer. I don't know. I'm confused about a lot of things in this movie. But again, no one really listens to, to her. Um, oh no, yeah, it's, it's, there is, okay, so this is the part where he is being interrogated. That's where the, there is no mm-hmm. sanctuary thing is. He's like being interrogated by this machine and he keeps saying over and over, there is no sanctuary, there is no sanctuary. I thought it was interesting because they show like a video of him saying it, but they show him and he's just in this chair. It doesn't look like he's physically saying it. It's like, yeah, it's like they had a holographic, 
Yeah, they have a holographic projection of his thoughts, which is why I was thinking like, okay, so the machine clearly is able to penetrate thoughts. And that's why I thought maybe the whole cloud personality thing was a promise it could deliver on at some point. Yeah. And throughout this, we get this crazy like... Okay. No, we just got... I'm just continuing my description here. Do you have a comment, Remzo? No, no. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway, he's just having this crazy like he's being interrogated and saying, no, there is no sanctuary. And uh, it's like a crazy flashback renewal. You know, he sees shots of the renewal scenes from the basically the whole movie. Like he's just flashing back through everything. (laughs) And then finally, Logan, like breaks free. Once again, he's really good at breaking free out of these contraptions. And uh, he goes on a killing spree. He just like starts shooting everybody. And then we see uh, he like they end up like exploding some things in the dome and like opening the dome so people can can get out. And people are like running away from the explosion and getting out. But when they get out, they stumble upon i decide to dub this guy old man logan because he's old and this is logan's run so i I call him old man logan so old man logan is back the cat the cat freak the guy who loves the movie cats even though it doesn't doesn't exist yet hashtag release the butthole cut (laughs) cut. and this is where people start to finally wake up because they are all seeing clearly an old person which shouldn't exist because either you should just die automatically or you should be renewed like there should be no such thing as an old person so finally they have done enough to awaken people to to this whole thing um and that's about the movie that pretty much it's like it chris cuomo's america old people but we thought you all died <laughs> <We don't... laughs> where did I, you I... come from <laughs> <laughs> i tried to kill you all off uh i hope that old man gets the orgy up you know, I'm sure those people are still used to orgies. That guy's been living with cats, probably fucking cats for a long time. I hope he gets uh, some good dicking in those young with, with all those young women. You know, there's enough with some severe daddy issues because they never met their daddy. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Anything. about the the, uh, the themes here. Did you guys see some some libertarian messaging in this film anywhere? Free will's the big one. That That's the most obvious. So, you know, that's the theme of all that. of these these 70 sci fi movies, essentially. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was very I thought a very strong libertarian theme was state control of information, of the narrative and of uh, objective reality. Um, you know, there's if they you have people consistently living the lie, refusing to believe the truth. You know, it is the 1984 uh, reversal of the truth and lies. And of course, the projection of uh, a certain reality, which is not the truth. And the withholding of information, a.k.a. that the outdoors is perfectly livable in order to keep control over society very strictly. So that's obviously very libertarian. Yeah, I I will also add, and this might bother some people, but like libertinism is not necessarily libertarianism, because while they might have access to all the drugs and alcohol and sex that they want, what they're basically being told is you we give you the gift of this. It's the big distraction. So you think that you're free, but what you've done is you've just traded a large part of your sovereignty over to this entity that has full control over your life. And that's what happens a lot now. It's like, oh, well, you know, we legalize pot, but at the same time, it's like, okay, we're, we're bombing countries we don't know the name of and stuff like that. And now we don't have access to all these other things. But look, we'll give you some gay marriage here, and we'll and we'll give you some legalized mushrooms here. But if you try and pull your kid out of the school system, we're going to send cops to knock down your door. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, the, it's the false distraction. It's a big theme of these 70s movies. Whenever we have this dystopian society, there's always like a lot of drugs, a lot of orgies, a lot of distractions, and there's but there's always no family to like counter this at all. Like the family just doesn't exist ever. So I yep. I, I see that as a I don't know if it's a per se libertarian message, but it's a it's a good message <laughs> like that that family and like these kinds of relationships are important to our society, important in our individual lives and uh not to say uh you know the libertine elements don't have their place from time to time, but when society becomes dominated by that and that's all people are doing and they've completely rejected the concept of of marriage and the family, uh, you know, we're going to have problems. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. with, with, with with my libertine comment, it's always like, th- this was not a gift. This was always something that you could have done. It's just that they're not going to kill you for doing it because they know it's going to distract you from questioning their power. And, in terms of like, you know, institutions and stuff like that, like, you know, when, when I when I mentioned my trad conservative comments on Twitter, you know, I, I get people coming out at me for being the Liberty grad and shit like that. But it's also like, you know, there's a place for institutions, voluntary institutions. But it's when these institutions are completely destroyed, that's when you get this big power vacuum. And something always fills it. 
Indeed. All right. So uh, that about wraps it up. Do we want to do a quick uh, final judgment grade? I don't know if we want to do a, why don't we just do a standard uh, second print comic style uh, grade this thing on a scale of 10. Uh, I will start because I'm already talking. Um, it's a good movie. I like the movie. Um, it, I think there's a, enough points in the movie where it's not, there things weren't clear to me and I'm all right to figure things out in the movie, but I think there's enough that was ambiguous. That I had to kind of think too much about that. I needed another a, half an hour, maybe an hour to explain use it. a little more explanation of some things. Uh, and I'm a show don't tell guy, but I, I felt even the showing wasn't really doing me enough telling. Uh, that being said, it's a good movie. I like the concept. Uh, it's got the seventies. I'm not going to really hold the production against it. Cause for the time it was, like I said, it won, a, it won an Oscar for effect. So uh, for the time it was, it was just fine and uh, had the very, very 70s editing style, which anybody who watched it today trying to compare it to movies today will think it's maybe look shitty, but it's 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 perfectly in line with the quality of of a good film at the time. So uh, I will just say overall, I found it enjoyable, not offensive, not the best movie I've ever seen in my life. I would give it. Why don't we say a seven out of ten? Remzo, I'll, I'll give it a five. It's it's not terrible. It's just pretty generic. And this is the type of film like over over the last year when I started working at home, I, I had it on the background because it was on Amazon Prime. So I would keep it on the background. This is another reason why I've never watched this movie all the way through. Like maybe it's a generational thing in terms of your expectations for how stories supposed to flow in film. But even then, it's like this is coming out the same decade as Star Wars and all this other stuff. They could have they could have sped it up. They could have if you're going to introduce complicated elements and you're not going to do anything with them, at least simplify them down. It's not terrible. It's just not amazing. So, I mean, five out of five out of 10, that's a movie that I'll watch on a Sunday afternoon. All right. Wow. A weird I'm, standard. I'm, I'm surprised that I, I, I'm surprised I rated this higher than Remzo. I, I'm absolutely shocked. I, I am too, but I also, <laughs> I'm going to go also seven out of 10 uh, for similar, similar reasons to Mark. They could have done a much better job editing. They could have cut out, 20 minutes of stupid bullshit and done more exposition or, or explanations as far as some of the nitty gritties of the society. But still, I like it conceptually. It's a fun movie to watch. It's got boobs in it. And uh, how can you argue with a title with the, the rainbow coming out both sides in that 70s classic lettering, arcade Pac-Man style lettering? So seven out of 10 for me. All right. Well, that wraps it up for uh, this month's Nittany special. Thank you to Anthony Meyer for, well, A, for giving us money, $50 a month. Thank you very much. Actually, he's actually higher than that. That's just the level. He actually gives us more than that. So thank you. Extra double, Anthony. Um, and thank you to all the patrons who are watching live and to everybody who is who is just a cheapskate and, and waiting for the free show. Uh, but to all of you, we do appreciate you. And uh, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Remzo. If you wouldn't mind joining me in a little sign-off so we can send Brian off to Costco to do his, his family duties. Um, yep. Until... We meet again. Live long and live free. Wow, I, I think that was the best one ever. There's no sanctuary. Oh.